Welcome to this episode of the Institute for Person-Centered Care podcast, where the principles of person-centered care come alive. In today's edition, titled Person-Centered Care and Veteran Affairs, experts from the Quad City community and St. Ambrose discuss person-centered practices in the region addressing the health and wellness of our veterans. This episode's podcast host is Ann Garten. Ann is the director of SAU Institute for Person-Centered Care and nursing faculty. Before we get started, we want to remind everyone to please review current COVID reports from reliable sources such as the CDC, World Health Organization, and your local and state public health department. If you live in the Quad Cities area, you can also visit TogetherQC.com for reliable local resources addressing social determinants. This podcast was recorded through the phone to support the current recommendations. Welcome to the IPCC podcast brought to you by the Institute for Person-Centered Care in collaboration with KALA-FM. I'm Ann Garten, Director of SAU's Institute for Person-Centered Care and Nursing Faculty, and will be your host for today's podcast. Our episode today is titled Person-Centered Care Within Veteran Affairs. I'd like to welcome our guests and ask each of you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Katie, why don't we start with you, our VA Suicide Prevention and Outreach and Educational Specialist. Hi, good morning. So my name is Caitlin Harbeck. I'm a licensed independent social worker, and I have been working with our comprehensive suicide prevention team out of the Iowa City VA for just over five years now. So um, I've become very acquainted with our system and just kind of what services we have to offer So I'm hoping that through this, we can kind of let everybody know um, what we have to offer and then also offer support to you. So thank you so much for letting me join you. Thank you. We're glad to have you. And Shane, our local VA outreach specialist, how about I have you introduce yourself? Hi there. My name is Shane. I'm with the Quad Cities Vet Center. I'm the Veterans Outreach Program Specialist. Um, I served in the Navy from 2000 to 2004. Um, seeing the world literally on both sides. Uh, I came back to the Quad Cities and worked for the post office for about 10 years and came to the VA in 2017. Thanks, and and welcome, and we're glad to have you. And, of course, we have our own, yeah, we have our own SAU alum and veteran and uh, recruiter here at St. Ambrose, Natalie Woodhurst. Natalie, would you share a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am a... uh an Air Force veteran, and I graduated from St. Ambrose in 2016. Now I'm the coordinator for Veterans Recruitment and Services. So I deal with everything from helping them transition to their um, to campus life and as well as a lot of community outreach and, and a lot of connections with our veterans organizations. Excellent. I look forward to hearing more about that and sharing that with our community. So I think I'd like to start, Katie, by asking you and and starting the conversation on what does person-centered care mean to the VA? Yes, um, actually, in VA, we are very patient-driven. So we offer a variety of different services, both on the mental health and physical health spectrum, but also just in social service care as well. So a lot of the care that we give is very centered around the patient and meeting them where they're at. Um, We also look a lot into cultural competency. The most challenging thing when starting out in the field is just remembering 
that there is cultural competency and being conscious of the different backgrounds and cultures people come from. And the military is itself a culture. And so the VA community will commonly offer um, staff trainings in that military culture so that they can gain the cultural competency in their population. But it's something that a lot of people are not aware of um, because it's not a a population that uh, they commonly work with. So that's something that we work very hard at with the VA is ensuring that we understand that culture so that we can meet those individuals where they are at because they struggle with some things that uh, the general population wouldn't necessarily think of. Shane, I think you probably could add a little bit of why the VA center is really important in that person-centeredness in our community. Yeah, as Katie mentioned, um, the cultural awareness in, in, the, in the military is, is it's a mindset in its own. And, you know, with post-war readjustment, life is not always easy after deployment. Um, that's where the vet centers can help um, guide their family members and the veterans through the major adjustments that, uh, in a lifestyle that often occur after a service member returns from combat. I wonder if you would share a little bit about what type of services in just within the center, not necessarily the community yet, but in the center of what you guys offer. So in the vet center, we do a broad range of counseling, um, whether it's individual uh, group setting or family members as well. Um, in a, you know, it's one of those things where um, we are staffed by 70% nationwide of uh, combat veterans ourselves, so it's a lot easier for us to talk to uh, a veteran about their times overseas. I think that's really important for us in education and healthcare to remember because although as a nurse, I have taken care of a lot of veterans within our community hospital, I don't know that I was always savvy to that cultural piece that I, I should have been uh, when taking care of one of our vets. And I think probably that's why we have the VA hospitals. They have that culture ingrained in those systems to support those. Am I correct? That is absolutely correct. And like you said, the the um, background and when you walk into a VA hospital, it looks like a hospital. When you walk into a vet center, it looks more like a home. Uh, we welcome everybody home uh, no matter what their experience was. Excellent. Love to hear that. Natalie, I think you have a little bit to offer to the community in how we support those veterans to get them transitioned into new roles. Yes. So the Office of Veterans Recruitment Services exists basically to assist our veteran service members and their families. Um, sometimes that's to transition from military to civilian. Sometimes they're going back to school after they've separated and have been in the civilian world for several years. And sometimes it's just helping a veteran and their family through the transition to campus life. Um, and we treat all of them as individuals. We have to treat them. Um, they all have different goals, and those goals often change over time. So I, I maintain an open-door policy. There's nearly always a veteran in my office. Um, we also have a, a vet center now, so a dedicated space for those veterans. Um, as Shane just mentioned, it's, it's oftentimes a lot more comfortable for them to talk with other veterans. So 
So that space kind of allows them um, a place to meet other student veterans, so someone else that's in the same boat, basically. Uh, so as far as the, the education benefits, I can assist with, with any and all of them, but um, the post-9-11 GI Bill is the biggest one. Montgomery GI Bill is still around. VA Voc Rehab, Dependence Education Assistance. One thing the SAU um, does that not all schools do, we're a yellow ribbon school. So what that means is we've signed an agreement with the VA to cover the tuition and fees that exceed the annual cap that's set by that VA. 50% is covered by St. Ambrose and 50% by the VA. We also participate in a lot of community outreach. We like to bring resources, services, and opportunities to our student veterans and to veterans in our community. Um, one of those events is the Quad City Success Fair. It's an employment and education fair. It's, it's traditionally been held in August at Ambrose. Uh, focuses on bringing job opportunities to our veterans. In the future, we plan to roll that success fair into an even larger event, which is the Veterans Experience Action Center. Uh, St. Ambrose hosted the VAC in July of 2019. We helped over 600 veterans connect and receive on-site services. So same-day claims. They got to show up, file their claim, and some of them got a result that day. Um, that's kind of unheard of in the world of the VA to have such prompt service and have such complete service in one place at one time. Um, Shane was kind of spearheaded that event. So um, Shane, do you want to kind of expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So uh, in 2018, I went to Ohio and uh, shadowed their VAC, their Veterans Experience Action Center, and was amazed that the these services that were offered right there on the spot. Um, it was just one of those things where, why aren't we doing this? <laughs> it was a wake-up call for us here in the Quad Cities because the regional offices are, you know, in Iowa, the regional office is in Des Moines. In Illinois, the regional office is in Chicago. So we're, like, right there in the middle, often left unheard, uh, out of sight, out of mind, I like to say. Um, so we brought everybody here to the Quad Cities for the veterans of the area. Um, you know, we brought to the to the VAC um, every aspect of the VA into one location, whether it was VBA, uh, VHA, health uh, um, services. They were able to make appointments that day to go see their doctor on site. Um, and uh, one of those uh, services uh, that was brought was Katie from Suicide Prevention and Mental Health, and I'll let her tell you about the tools that she brought and still has. Yeah, thank you, Shane. This is Katie. Um, so I I will talk a little bit about the VA just because I think a lot of people have misconceptions about it. Um, first of all, the VA is not just one entity. Uh, we actually have three different branches of the VA. We have the Veterans Benefits Administration, and they're the ones that deal with the compensation and the claims. Then we have the National Cemetery Administration, and we actually have a national cemetery right here on the Rock Island Arsenal. And then we also have the Veterans Health Administration, and that's the, the part of the VA that I'm involved with. And all of our, our medical, mental health, social services, those are all under the VHA. So 
um, one of the things at the VA is we have a comprehensive suicide prevention team. So we currently on our team, we have four individuals. We have two individuals that work clinical full time and they deal with our veterans who are already seen as at an increased risk for suicide. Now, a lot of people see suicide as purely a mental health issue, and this is far from the truth. Suicide is a multifaceted, multidimensional issue. And so not only is mental health involved, but it also commonly will involve physical ailments as well as social ailments as well. People who recently lost houses, lost jobs. And so our team will um, support those individuals. And then we also help with the veterans crisis line. So people who call out to the Veterans Crisis Line will speak to an individual immediately who is trained in crisis intervention services. But then if they need help connecting in the area, it goes back to that patient-driven care, that meeting them where they're at. If they need help in the local area, then they get referred to our team, and we're able to help them connect with not only VA services, but also social services in the area. So... Our VA healthcare system, um, the hospital is based out of Iowa City, but we do also have 10 outpatient clinics, and one of those outpatient clinics is right here in Davenport. And so that clinic is your typical outpatient clinic. So they have primary care services, um, they have mental health services, they have lab and x-rays, they have a whole health program, which is a new program we have, which is really cool and goes back to that patient-centered care where it looks up at the entire individual. So not just their mental health and their physical health, but their spiritual health and kind of helps them look at the different things that they can do and different services we have. The other thing that we have in the Quad Cities, which is kind of unique, is a community resource and referral center. And that does have um, outpatient mental health services, but it also houses an intensive substance use service as well as homeless support. Um, We have a food pantry. We have a clothing room. Um, We have a HUD program. So we work with the Housing and Urban Development to give vouchers to veterans. We have Grant Per Diem, which works with our local homeless shelters to ensure beds for our veterans. Um, We have a veterans justice outreach worker. And a lot of people think that individual is a lawyer. They are not but they are there to help support veterans through the criminal justice system. So that's a really cool service our area has that a lot of people don't know. And it doesn't only encompass those, those mental health concerns, but also just those social service agencies, the, the food pantry, the clothing room. Um, And they help connect with our local community as well. So those are just some really neat services that our area has through the VA. Thank you for sharing, Katie. That is a lot. Um, Great programs for our region. I wonder about um, through this pandemic, if you would share how you all are working through that and still supporting our veterans, maybe in a different way, um, but getting that word out and and getting that support to them. Yes, I'm sure as everyone knows, that can be quite a challenge these days. Um, So our hospital and our outpatient clinics are still open. Um, I encourage people to call to ahead to schedule an appointment because a lot of those are being virtual if they can. Um, They're still accepting if there are critical cases or things that need to be in person. They're working through that, but they're trying to be as safe as possible. 
Um, the other thing I'd like to mention is our food pantry and clothing room are still available. But again, for safety reasons, they're doing drive up food pantry and, and clothing room. So make sure that you call the community resource and referral center ahead of time. Let them know what your needs are, and then they'll help you do that and be sure to bring it out to your car. Um, then for suicide prevention, one of the biggest challenges we're facing, and I'm sure a lot of people are feeling it right now, is that that physical distancing that we have currently. And so our suicide prevention program is making sure that we're reaching out to individuals and calling them and sending letters and cards because research has shown that caring communications, which is just, you know, a friendly, hi, we're here for you, we're thinking of you, any communication like that actually decreases adverse outcomes um, for mental health, for physical health by 50%, because it's showing that we are here, we're here to care, and if you need that support, you're more than welcome to call in. So that is something that our team is working extensively on um, as a person who is working specifically on outreach and education, um, I'm actually working with a pilot program that our network is involved in um, that's working with community partnership and engagement. And we're going out and helping with coalition building and working with coalitions to share what we have for veterans, but also learn what the community has as well. Data shows that 20 20 veterans a day are dying by suicide, but 14 of those veterans never touch the VA. And so that means whether they're opting out of coming to the VA or they aren't able to, or if they just don't know about it, that those veterans are in the community and we still need to support them. And so we're hoping to take a more public health approach and connect with the community so we can meet those veterans physically where they're at. So that's something that we're working on as well. And again, it's challenging now with COVID, um, but we've been able to maintain some of those partnerships and attend some of those meetings virtually. So I've been thankful that our community partners are so willing to those adjustments to accommodate for us. Thank you for sharing. I think those uh, numbers are staggering. And I think our peers within Health and Human Services also need to be able to engage in, in these services to, to connect to the veterans when they realize that they're uh, working with a veteran. I think that's really, really important. Shane, I wonder if you would talk a little bit in closing about what uh, person-centered success looks like in our country's veterans. Yeah, and thanks. I think um, I'm going to piggyback off of what Katie said with this COVID thing. Um, and, and I'm going to talk about self-care before success because in the military, the mission was always given to us. But once we're out, the mission is up to us to figure out how we're going to succeed. And what I always like to tell our veterans is think back to uh, the old TV show on Saturday mornings was Bozo the Clown. He had this bucket game, and he made easy goals for those kids to set up. They were close, and they got further and further away. So don't set yourself up for failure. Make those easy goals, um, and then you, you can be successful. And people think that success looks like a straight line from point A to point B, where, in fact, that is totally wrong. Uh, what it really looks like is a big, giant, squiggly line, sometimes going to uh, D and E before you get to the B. Um, it's just one of those things that's different for each and every individual coming back. 
So I'd also like to remind people, because I think it's something that we we commonly forget, is everybody's look different. So not only are they not a straight line, but a success to somebody else may look very different from a success that you have. And so just remembering that even though that may seem menial to you and may not seem like a success, being there to celebrate and support that individual and all the work that they've done to reach that point is so important. Absolutely. I would agree, Katie. And I think we need to remember that for all individuals, but especially with this population. So thank you for sharing that. I'd like to thank all three of you for joining us uh, today and and sharing the best practices and what's happening in our region around person-centered and the VA. Thanks millions and have a great day and keep well. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Institute for Person-Centered Care podcast, brought to you by St. Ambrose University's Institute for Person-Centered Care and KALA-FM. We look forward to next time when we discuss person and community-centered care to support healthy aging. You can learn more about the Institute by connecting with us on Facebook and Twitter.